Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How you doing, Red Sox fans? Welcome to episode five of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. How are we doing, everyone? Good morning. Good morning. I am live here on YouTube, but you can listen to this wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I appreciate you all coming out. Episode 5, great series with the Cardinals this past weekend. I was excited for it, to be completely honest for you. When I was looking at the schedule before the season, I saw this one series here, and I circled it because, hey, it's Red Sox-Cardinals. You got to love a good Red Sox-Cardinals series, and this was a good little test for the Red Sox this past weekend. They've been playing a lot of teams under 500 lately, have been winning a lot of games, but I wanted to see what they could do against a good team in the St. Louis Cardinals, and they really showed up for the challenge, winning two out of three. Got a series coming up with the Detroit Tigers. Tigers are not that great of a team this year. This should be a winnable series. We're going to preview that. We're going to go over the series with the Cardinals game by game. We're going to talk about some prospects. Uh, I'm also going to just point out a couple of things that I'm a little concerned about with this team moving forward and uh, maybe some options that can help address those issues. Uh, we're going to talk again. Uh, every, pretty much every episode, I'm going to be talking about prospects, how they did in the prior series. And uh, we had some good performances on the farm over the weekend. And uh, hey, Blaze Jordan is one of them. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you are with me here on YouTube, think about subscribing down below. We've been getting a lot of traffic lately. Um, definitely check out some of the latest content that I have been uploading. And uh, also, if you are listening on wherever your favorite podcast network is, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, throw me a rating down below. That's going to help get the podcast out there a little bit more. But uh, everyone, before I do get started, before I dive into this past series with the Cardinals, just going to go over today's sponsor for the show. And that is Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for Major League Baseball fights and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. Use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. We're also partnered with SeatGeek. Use my code HIDE, $20 off your first purchase. 
and we're also partnered with Prize Picks. If you've tried out FanDuel, if you've tried out DraftKings, getting a little tired of those, go check out Prize Picks. They play the over-unders over there. You're not playing against other people. You're playing against the system. Go see if you can beat the system. If you go put down a deposit with Prize Picks, they'll they'll give you a 100% deposit match when you use my code Ginger. But already, everyone, uh, let's get to it here. Let's get to it here. A great series with the Cardinals. If you are with me here on YouTube, then you'll be able to see my screen. So again, every time I do an episode, I do it live on YouTube as well. Uh, because hey, you guys get to see what I'm looking at here on my computer. But let's get to it here. Let's get to game one. Let's get to game one here. Uh, again, Hey, good series with the Cardinals, winning two out of three. And uh, it got started here in game one. Uh, this game ended up being pretty close there in the end. But uh, let's kind of just get through it here, uh, going over all the plays that happened in this game. J.D. Martinez got it started with an RBI ground out that made it one nothing. Nolan Arenado answered with a home run to tie it up one to one. Why am I bringing this up? Well, first off, I'm going over the game, but... Why am I putting so much emphasis on this? Because I called it. I called it. If you go to my last episode when I was previewing this series, I said I expected Nolan Arenado to go deep in this one. Why? Because he had good numbers against Waka in his career. Nolan Arenado, right-handed hitter, tends to pull a little bit more. Green Monster, sounds like a recipe for a home run. And of course, he went yard, tying it up one-to-one. Uh, Trevor Story had actually been a bit cold coming into this series, and Trevor Story had himself a pretty nice series overall. He had a base hit. That scored two to make it three-to-one in the fourth. Jackie Bradley Jr., Raphael Devers with RBI base hits in the seventh to make it six-to-one. The game looked pretty much over at that point. It looked like smooth sailing all the way until the end. But then Austin Davis came in. He actually got the first two outs. Looked pretty good. But then Harrison Bader had a triple to make it 6-2 to two after giving up a base runner. And then a hit-by-pitch to Andrew Kisner ended up bringing in Tanner Houck. And you're thinking, okay, game over at this point, right? Tanner Houck, he's going to lock it down. He's our new closer. Nope. Did not get any easier at that point. Tommy Edmond had a double to make it 6-3. to three. And Brendan Donovan, who has really emerged as a good bat for the Cardinals this year, had a double. Ended up getting challenged because he slid into the base and it looked like maybe he came off the bag. That would have ended the game if the call, uh, he was called safe. And if it got reversed, that would have been the end of the game. But the challenge got upheld and it made it 6-5. to five. So then all of a sudden we had ourselves a ball game there, especially... With Paul Goldschmidt up. Are you kidding me? I, I'm sitting there. I'm biting my fingernails like crazy. Paul Goldschmidt, one of the the best offensive player in Major League Baseball right now. When you go look at his slash line, it is just off the charts, man. Paul Goldschmidt is absolutely on fire this year. And I'm just thinking, man, are we really going to blow this game? We got Paul Goldschmidt up 6-5. to five, Runner on. One hit ties the game. One hit could give the Cardinals the lead. But then Tanner Houck, he locked it down, striking out Goldschmidt to end the game. He stranded Donovan at second. The starting pitching matchup in this game was, like I mentioned earlier, Michael Waka. But getting the start for the Cardinals was Adam Wainwright. Very interesting matchup, in my opinion. I talked about it in the last episode where Michael Waka, you know, you got to remember, Adam Wainwright, he's been around for quite a while now. Going back to the mid-2000s, Waka's been around. And Waka, he came up 
around, uh, I believe he came up in 2013. They were teammates for about six years. And uh, Waka actually, when he talked about Wainwright, he talked about Wainwright as being a mentor to him. So a pretty cool matchup here. Student versus the teacher, I guess, is what you could maybe lean towards. But um, Waka... Ended up getting the better of Wainwright in this one. Wainwright actually pitched okay. He did give up four runs, but he worked into the seventh inning. But Waka only gave up the one run. The homer to Arenado. He worked into the sixth. Waka ended up getting the W. You got to love it, man. Michael Waka having himself a great year with the Red Sox. One of the best bargains in Major League Baseball. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Schreiber and or John Schreiber and Matt Strom. Big appearances out of the bullpen. I mean, the game was... It looked like it was out of reach at that point, 6-1. to one. But they came in. They did their jobs. They each had an inning and a third. No earned runs for, uh, from either of them. They looked great coming out of the bullpen. Austin Davis, man, just fell apart there at the end. Tanner Houck, he had to really knuckle down to get that win. But in the end, Red Sox walked away with the game one win moving on to game two though this is a completely different story the cardinals that offense they rank fourth overall in major league baseball on fan graphs it's a great offense with the cardinals this year and uh I, I, that's why i was a little nervous coming into this one you know that cardinals offense i feel like gets slept on a little bit but uh it was all offense for the cardinals in this one what do you know nolan arenado going deep yet again i called for him to go deep in game one i didn't say to go deep in game two nolan arenado come on were you listening to the show? Were you listening? Come on, man. Uh, another home run, three RBIs in this one. And actually, Tyler O'Neill, he's been a bit cold in this or this season so far. Had a great season last year, but he has not lived up to what he was doing last year. But he's starting to come alive lately. We'll talk about Tyler O'Neill again in game three. Um, but Tyler O'Neill, he went deep. He went three for four. He had himself a great game. Uh, but getting the start for the Red Sox in this one was Cutter Crawford. Pretty much ineffective. He ended up getting sent back down. Uh, to AAA. We're going to talk about why he got sent back down to AAA in just a little bit. But Cutter Crawford, not a great start. Four innings, four earns, six hits. You know, he's a spot starter. You know, yeah, he had a good start against Oakland his last time out. Um, but Or against the Mariners, I'm sorry. But Cutter Crawford, man, it's just, you know, you can't keep going with Cutter Crawford. So, and they got to start getting some starters healthy. You know, you got to get Evaldi back. We're going to talk about Evaldi in a little bit. Whitlock, we got to get him back. We got to get Sale back eventually. You know, you can go, you can't just keep going with these spot starters over and over again. And it really showed here, especially against a really good team like the Cardinals. So, uh, but Cutter Crawford, I really wish he could have gone a little deeper into this one. Maybe another inning or two could have saved the bullpen a little bit more. But in the end, what can you do? Uh, we really need our starters to come back. And Hanzo Robles, man, I, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. Hanzo Robles, he looked awful. He gave up four earned in just an inning and a third. Or, uh, sorry, a third of an inning. He was just terrible in this one, man. Um, Hanzo Robles, ERA is up to a 4.71. That FIP isn't looking any better, really. And uh, Hanzo Robles, man, I don't know. I, I wonder how much longer... He's going to have a spot with this team. He's got good stuff, man. I don't know. I don't know. He When the Red Sox were throwing him out there in the ninth inning, this guy was just blowing games left and right. And it's, I don't know. Now he's coming in earlier in the games, mop-up duty in this one, basically. And uh, just not really effective. Hanzo Robles, I'm looking out for him. Could you eventually maybe see him get DFA'd at some point? He's going to need to turn it around. Uh, Sawamora and Davis. Davis came in yet again. They gave up runs, ineffective. Uh, but the big thing... For me, 
with this game and also in game one, to be honest with you, for the, I'll talk about this in just a little bit. Uh, it's one of my talking points for this episode, but the Red Sox are going to need a bullpen arm. They're going to need to go after bullpen help at the by the deadline. They need to. Uh, I'll get into that in just a little bit. But it was all Cardinals in this one. This wasn't even a game. It was basically over in the sixth inning. But let's move on to game three. This was another fun one. Uh, it got interesting late in the game, but the Red Sox, they were able to get this one done, winning this one six to four. Uh, let's just go over the score. Going over the scoring here, Trevor Story got it started with a homer. Like I said, a little cold coming into this series, but he had a pretty decent series overall going deep to start the scoring for this one. But then Harrison Bader, he had himself a pretty decent series as well. He tied it up in the fourth with a base hit to left. JBJ, he answered in the fifth with a base hit to center to make it 2-1. to one. And hey, to me, the guy that really came up with the big hit, the, one, the, the big hit of this game where I feel like the energy got taken out of the Cardinals was Rob Refsnyder big insurance run with two outs in the seventh after Christian Vasquez got the double and actually Christian Vasquez he came up yet again in the eighth had a three-run homer to make it six to one at that point looked pretty much well thank God thank God Christian Vasquez ended up getting that home run because the Cardinals they made it really interesting yet again Juan Yepes in the ninth had a three-run homer without that Christian Vasquez home run I mean, the Cardinals would be looking at a lead. Um, but Rob Refsnyder, I feel like that was the big hit for the Red Sox. Well, Christian Vasquez ultimately ended up being the big hit. But I remember when Refsnyder got that hit, it just felt like, okay, all right, we got control of this game. Refsnyder has been really good for the Red Sox. 28 plate appearances. He's hitting 391 with a 464 on base and a 478 slugging, two doubles, playing great defense. Remember that diving catch that he had in Seattle? My goodness. Rob Refsnyder is really proving to be a solid player for this Red Sox team. He's a veteran guy, right-handed back, and come up, he comes off the bench. Good defensive replacement at the end of games. I really like Rob Refsnyder with this team. Um, I just think overall, he's just a solid guy to have. But uh, Christian Vasquez, the big home run in the eighth, made it 6-1. to one. Again, Juan Yepes, big home run there to make it 6-4. to four. Um, But Tanner Houck, he came in, did give up a base hit to Edmund, but then he struck out Brendan Donovan to end the game. Uh, and the Red Sox get the win, win two out of three in this one. Um, but the big takeaways for me, man, the big takeaways for me, we need a bullpen guy. We need a bullpen guy. That, to me, I think is really showing the car, especially against a good team. When you're going, if you're going to be in the playoffs and you're going up against good teams, this Red Sox bullpen is not going to cut it. I mean, you got some decent arms in this bullpen, but I don't know. It, it got a little too hairy for me here because thank God for Christian Vasquez. If you didn't hit that three run bomb, you'd be looking at a four, three deficit in game three. So, and then, uh, almost blowing it in game one bullpen was just pretty much bad in game two. That was the weak part. Um, but uh, also, how could I forget Nick Pavetta in this game? I mean, the bullpen to me was just such an, uh, such an issue for me in this series. I almost forgot about Nick Pavetta. We need to start giving some respect to Nick Pavetta. If we go pull up here on Fangraphs, I'm going to pull up the leaderboards in pitching. Uh, Nick Pavetta, since May, has been one of the best starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. For the whole season, Nick Pavetta 
is out of his mind. He ranks 23rd in Fangraph War among qualified starting pitchers for the whole season. But you got to remember, that includes a pretty bad April. If we go to May 1st until now, Nick Pavetta is one of the best starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. He ranks 3rd in Fangraph War since May 1st. Since May 1st, he is 7-2 over 10 starts. Nine strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine, a half a home run per nine, a 2.07 ERA, a 2.73 FIP. Nick Pavetta, this guy deserves a trip to the All-Star game. Whatever about that first month, this guy's just been lights out ever since May 1st. I don't know what else to say. Whenever Nick Pavetta now takes the mound, I just feel good about the chances that the Red Sox have. Again, I did say this in the last episode about Nick Pavetta. He's no Pedro Martinez, but I remember that feeling whenever Pedro would get the ball, you just felt good about that game. Now, I'm not saying Pavetta is Pedro Martinez, but he gives me that same kind of a feeling where I trust Pavetta. I, I trust that he's at least, at the very least, going to give you a decent start and going up a really against a really good offense in the Cardinals here where they rank fourth overall in Major League Baseball. I mean, Nick, Nick Pavetta, this was a true test for him. And uh, he really showed that, I mean, everyone, you know, says Evaldi is the ace. I mean, I think to me, Pavetta has been the ace of this staff this year. I mean, Evaldi's been out recently with a hip thing. Um, but Pavetta, man, this guy's been really good. He's been really good. The Red Sox starting pitching has been just so good this year, and it's only going to get better. You got Chris Sale coming back eventually. Maybe even James Paxton can be an impact guy down the stretch. I do think the odd man out of this rotation, if everyone comes back healthy and they're effective, um, you got four starting pitchers that could be coming back eventually. Four starting pitchers. You almost got an entire rotation coming back. Sale, Possibly Paxton. Hopefully everything keeps going smooth with him. Uh, He should be nearing a rehab assignment soon. And then you're going to be getting Evaldi and Whitlock back. You got basically a full rotation coming back. So, man, oh, man. I do think the odd man out is eventually going to be Hill. Could he go to the bullpen on a long relief roll? Could he end up getting DFA'd? Could he? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't think they'll DFA him. I think the Red Sox will end up hanging on to him in a long relief role, but I do think Hill is going to be the odd man out. Uh, but Pavetta, I do really think this guy deserves a trip to the all-star game. Again, since May 1st, a 2.07 ERA, a 2.73 FIP, nine strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine. I mean, come on. This guy needs more respect. He needs more respect. Uh, but the big takeaway The big takeaway for me from this series was the relief pitching. The bullpen is not good. If we go take a look at the Red Sox when it comes to fan graphs, when it comes to relief pitching, the Red Sox only rank 18th overall. Not bad numbers necessarily. A 3.91 ERA for the bullpen this year. Uh, A FIP of 3.93. Those are not bad numbers necessarily, but... You got these other bullpens, man, where they're just just so ahead of the Red Sox. They're so ahead. Um, I think the Red Sox, I think they're going to have to add someone to this bullpen. Uh, because, you know, second half of the season, I don't know, man. It, 
it worries me a little bit. And they really worried me in this series. Uh, but I've come up with some options here for the Red Sox. Uh, some options to trade for by the deadline. Uh, first option, I have David Robertson on the Cubs. This guy's been really good this year for the Cubs. I mean, you got to remember, this guy had Tommy John surgery not too re- recently. He's 37 years old. And, you know, people are thinking, you know, what else, what much else, what much more does Robertson have to offer? And uh, he has come onto the scene this year, back onto the scene this year with the Cubs. And he's been very good. A 1.82 ERA, a 3.13 FIP. Now, why am I looking at David Robertson exactly? And, and no, it's not because of the ERA. It's not because of the FIP. I mean, those are definitely good reasons. But the one thing I like about David Robertson is the ground ball percentage. 53.8%. I think they need to go after a reliever with a good ground ball percentage because the Red Sox infield ranks fifth overall on baseball savant with five outs above average. They have a good infield defense. Devers is playing good at third. Bogarts, he's been, you know, with the thing with Bogarts, he's not going to be a flashy defensive shortstop, but he's going to get the job done out there. He's going to make the routine plays. Trevor Story has shown to be one of the best defensive second basemen in all of baseball. I'm not surprised about that. He was good defensively at shortstop with the Rockies. Not surprised about that at all. Um, The Red Sox have a good infield defense, and that's why I think the Red Sox need to go after a guy that gets good a good amount of ground balls. Someone that can strike out some guys too. I'm a big believer in bullpens that can strike guys out. That, you know, guys with good velocity. And uh, but if they can get some ground balls too, especially with a good infield defense, that's a recipe for success if you ask me. Again, Robertson, good numbers, 1.82 ERA, a 3.13 FIP, right around a 54% ground ball percentage. The one thing I do worry about with Robertson is his walks are a little high, 4.7 walks per nine. Not a big fan of that number. So let's take a look at some other options. We have Scott, uh, we have Scott Barlow on the Kansas City Royals. I think that's going to be a name that people are going to be looking out for. Barlow, another guy, good ERA, 1.55 ERA, a 3.65 FIP, right around a 50% ground ball percentage, 48.7 to be exact. He has control. He's not a free agent until 2025. I think Scott Barlow could be an option. There's also on the Detroit Tigers. We got a couple options over here as well. Uh, And two guys that I'm really looking out for, you do got Gregory Soto over there, but I feel like, I don't know, he kind of scares me a little bit with the walks. Uh, He's always been a guy that's kind of struggles with command. Uh, If we take a look at Gregory Soto, he's also a lefty, so, but I feel like with the Red Sox, I mean, I don't really necessarily care so much about righty-lefty, but I feel like the Red Sox, they're doing pretty decent with their lefty options, but Soto has been a guy that's been pretty decent. He's been their closer, 26 games. He's got 13 saves, a 2.88 ERA, 3.77 FIP. Uh, He does get ground balls of 41.5%, but uh, I feel like with Soto, he's not a free agent until 2026. He's the closer. I just don't see Haim going after him because he's just going to cost more. So I could see him maybe going after some setup guys. And uh, one option is Will Vest on the Tigers. 22 games, 24.2 innings overall, a 2.19 ERA, a 3.05 FIP, 
50% ground ball percentage. I think Will Vest could be an option. And then on the Tigers, you got Alex Lang in that bullpen as well. 28 games, a 2.10 ERA, a 2.90 FIP, 55% ground ball percentage. I think those two guys, Haim Bloom, could make a phone call about. Uh, what I like about Alex Lang, he's got a big fastball, 60 fastball, 60 slider. Now, he is a higher-ranked prospect for the Tigers. Uh, in 2021, he was the 10th prospect in their system, so he could cost a little bit more. Uh, but I do like what Alex Lang is doing for the Tigers this year, 11 strikeouts per nine. Walks are a little high, four and a half, but uh, not too big of an issue for me. And then... Will Vest, getting back to him, 10.5 strikeouts per nine, three walks per nine. So I could see one of these two guys maybe being some options. Another option is out in Texas. You got Matt Moore. Matt Moore, man. Hey, Heim Bloom, he knows a little bit about, about Matt Moore, former Tampa Bay Ray. And Matt Moore is having himself a pretty good season out of that bullpen for Texas. 21 games, 30 innings, a 2.37 ERA, a 2.40 FIP. A really good amount of ground balls, 56.3%, 11 strikeouts per nine. The one thing that scares me with Matt Moore are the walks, 5.3 walks per nine. But he is a lefty. I could see maybe, I could see Bloom, if the Rangers are out of it, like completely out of it at that point, maybe making a phone call about Matt Moore. He shouldn't cost all that much. Um, he's a free agent after this year. So basically he would be a rental. I could see Matt Moore not really costing anything, just a lower-level prospect. I could see maybe Bloom going after Matt Moore. But one guy I think everyone should pay attention to is Kyle Finnegan on the Nationals. I could see, out of all these guys, I feel like maybe Finnegan could be someone that is pretty realistic for Heim Bloom to go after. He's been pretty good. The Nationals this year, not so great, but... Finnegan, he's been pretty decent. 28 games out of the bullpen this year, 26 innings. The ERA is a 4.15, but his FIP is a 3.47. 54% ground ball percentage, over 10 strikeouts per nine, about three and a half walks per nine. Um, I think Finnegan could be someone. But what I also like about Kyle Finnegan is his ex-FIP, where that focuses more on fly balls and a good ex-FIP at Fenway Park. I actually like that. I think that's a good recipe for success. Look out for Kyle Finnegan. The, uh, don't forget, Bloom, he made a trade with the Nationals last year for Kyle Schwarber. So I think Kyle Finnegan can end up being an option for the Red Sox. But uh, all of these guys, I think, could be targets. I think that's going to be the main thing the Red Sox focus on is bullpen. So again, going over the options, we have David Robertson. We have Scott Barlow. Will Vest and Alex Lang on the Tigers. We got Matt Moore on the Rangers. And we got Kyle Finnegan on the Nationals. So um, probably the biggest thing I like about Kyle Finnegan is that he offers pretty good numbers overall. And he's not a free agent until 2026. So he would be under some pretty decent control there. So, but let's move on here. Let's move on. But that is my biggest takeaway from this past weekend is just the bullpen. I did not like this Red Sox bullpen at all. Uh, but let's move on here. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Tigers coming up. We got a big series with the Tigers. Well, I wouldn't say a big series with the Tigers, but I think it's uh, the reason I think it's an important series is because you have a lot of 
important matchups coming up. And I think the Red Sox, if you can walk away with a sweep in this one, I think that is really going to help their mojo going into Cleveland. Cleveland now has a wild card spot as of right now. And uh, I think the Red Sox, they got to come into this series and they just got to take it. Take all three games. Have some confidence going in. You're going to have the off day on Thursday before you start your weekend series with the Guardians. Uh, to me, this is an important series. I think it's you had you had a good series against the Cardinals, winning two out of three. That's going to make you feel good. But keep it going. Keep the momentum going. And to me, that's why I think this is an important series. But let's go over the pitching matchups. Uh, we have Josh Winkowski getting the start tonight against Alex Fiedo. Uh, Fiedo right now is the number 15 prospect on MLB Pipeline for the Tigers. He's been having an okay season. Eight starts, a 4.28 ERA, a 4.40 FIP, seven and a half strikeouts per nine, right around two and a half walks per nine. He's been pretty decent overall. And for Winkowski, two starts, five innings against Oakland his last time out, zero earned. So again, this is one another one of these spot starters. And uh, it's against a Tigers lineup that is not very strong this year. So hopefully Winkowski can come in. He can give a good start. Uh, Rich Hill going in game two against Bo Breesk. Uh Rich Hill, like I said, I think he could end up being the odd man out once a lot of these guys start coming back. But Hill, he's been serviceable in the rotation this year. Basically a back-end guy, a 4.42 ERA, a 4.00 FIP, seven strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine. He did take the L in his last start against the A's. So hopefully Rich Hill, he can get the win this time around. And as for Breesk, he is the number 10 prospect for the Tigers on Fangraphs at the moment. He's having himself a pretty decent season. Uh, one thing, though, there is something that I'm not liking too much, and that is his FIP. He has a 3.79 ERA, a 5.56 FIP. That is really high. And the reason is because he's giving up a ton of barrels. He's giving up just a lot of hard contact. He's just getting the defense to help him, and he's getting some luck as well. That's why I think this guy, Bo Breesk, I think you got to take advantage of this guy. Obviously, the FIP is showing that you can get some hard contact off this guy. He ranks terribly when it comes to barrel percentage. He ranks terribly when it comes to hard hit percentage. Uh, the Red Sox, good lineup. They need to take advantage of Bo Breesk. Um, and as for game three, I think this is the probably the best matchup out of it, and I think this could be a really good confidence booster heading into Cleveland. Why? Because you got Tarek Skubal going for the Tigers. He's been one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball this year. 13 starts, a 3.13 ERA, a 2.49 FIP. He's been one of the best starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. He did have a bad start against the Rangers his last time out, five earned. Um, but overall, he ranks sixth in Fangraph War. And uh, Waka, we just talked about Waka going up against Wainwright against the Cardinals. Waka, he's having a good season overall. 11 starts, a 2.28 ERA, a 3.97 FIP. I think the big thing with Waka, he's getting more ground balls this year. Because as I just talked about, you know, with Breesk, how his FIP is higher than the ERA. Waka has a higher FIP than his ERA. And, uh, but the big reason his ERA is so low is because the Red Sox are shifting a ton behind him. Again, they have that good infield defense. That's why I think the Red Sox need to go after a reliever that can get some ground balls, but also get some strikeouts as well. So 
that's what I'm talking about here is when you've got a good defense behind you in the infield, get guys that can get ground balls. I mean, you, when you got Story just diving all over the place at second, that's a recipe for success, man. But Waka, he is really relying on that defense this year. So as for some other news, uh, the Red Sox, we talked about Chris Sale coming back soon. And uh, he has a rehab start in the Florida Complex League today, actually. And believe it or not, Wander Franco is on a rehab assignment as well for the Rays. And uh, Wander Franco is actually going to be in that game. So Chris Sale going up against Wander Franco today. That's going to be pretty fun. Uh, Garrett Whitlock did throw a bullpen over the weekend. Looking like he's going to be back soon. Uh, He is actually on Fangraphs. Whitlock is penciled in for game one against Cleveland. That's actually a pretty fun matchup. Garrett Whitlock and Cal Quantrill. Ooh, look at the Saturday matchup. If you're with me here on YouTube, if you can see this, look at the Saturday matchup against the against the Guardians. Nick Pavetta versus Shane Bieber. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a doozy. Uh, Nathan Evaldi. Nathan Evaldi. Uh, he was placed on the 15-day IL with a hip issue, and uh, he's actually progressing slower than they had hoped. It was looking like he was going to be back for the Cleveland series, but it looks like that's going to get pushed back a little bit. And uh, as you can see, he's penciled in for the third game against Toronto on the 29th. So it looks like Evaldi is going to miss another turn. Again, the hip is still not quite responding as quickly as they had hoped. But, uh, hey, they're just going to have to keep chugging along here. They have to keep chugging along. Probably another spot start uh, for Winkowski or Crawford. Winkowski is getting the start today. Um, But you could see Winkowski get another spot start, especially if he does well today. Um, Could you go with Cutter Crawford again? Possibly. We'll have to wait and see. But it looks like Evaldi is going to miss his start against Cleveland. Uh, Speaking of guys on the IL, Kike Hernandez on the IL. He actually should be back for the Cleveland series. Uh, He's going to have a – they have an off day today in, I believe, with the – I think the Wu Sox have a day off today. Wherever he was going to go for a rehab assignment, they have the day off today. So it looks like he is going to get either a rehab game tomorrow or Wednesday. I can't remember the the day exactly where he was supposed to go on a rehab assignment, but he should be back for the Cleveland series. And uh, also, side note, side note, Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond performing Sweet Caroline on Saturday night. Neil Diamond, man. He just keeps on chugging, man. Keeps on chugging. Uh, Let's get over to some prospects. Holy cow. Blaze Jordan lately, man. This guy is setting the world on fire in Salem. Blaze Jordan is absolutely red hot. He had a huge game on Sunday. Three for five, two homers, four RBIs. This guy is setting the world on fire, man. In the month of June, he's hitting 383 with a 441 on base, a 633 slugging. Three home runs for the month of June. Two of those came yesterday. And he's got 12 RBIs on the month. I think you could see Blaze Jordan maybe with Greenville not too much longer. Overall, he's having a really good season with Salem so far. Uh Number eight prospect on Baseball America. I believe he's number six on MLB Pipeline. Number six or number seven? Can't remember. But 
Blaze Jordan, top 10 prospect for the Red Sox, and he is really starting to show some promise. One of those home runs was an oppo shot, so you got to love that, man. Blaze Jordan, man, he's coming on. Uh, Nico Cavadas. I've been really raving about Nico Cavadas, who's also with Salem. He's actually not ranked as a top prospect for the Red Sox right now. He's not a top 30 on Pipeline. He's not in the top 30 on Baseball America. But holy cow, this guy is eventually going to be in that top 30. Listen to these numbers. Over the weekend, he had 13 plate appearances. He had five hits, four walks, two homers, six RBIs. Listen to these numbers in the month of June. Hit three. He's hitting 375 so far this month with a 551 on base and an 896 slugging with seven homers and 20 RBIs. Blaze Jordan is setting the world on fire in Salem, but Nico Gavadas is doing just as much. Holy cow. This guy has a 551 on base for the whole month. Are you kidding me? I mean, look at these numbers that he has. Look at his overall numbers. He has a 456 on base percentage for the whole year, for the whole season, over 56 games. He has a 570 slugging, 11 home runs, 42 RBIs. He's got 68 strikeouts, but he's got 54 walks. Nico Cavadas, man, I'm telling you, look out for him. He got drafted out of Notre Dame in last year's draft in the 11th round. I remember when they picked him, and I'm like, ooh, I actually kind of like this. Nico Cavadas, man, he's actually, he's turning into one of my favorite prospects right now. Uh, Nathan Hickey, speaking of Salem, Nathan Hickey, the number 23 prospect on Baseball America for the Red Sox, actually had the walk-off hit on Sunday for Salem. He's actually been pretty good for Salem this year. He's hitting 279 with a 438 on base, a 512 slugging, six homers, 38 RBIs, Nathan Hickey. He just got drafted last year as well in the fifth round out of the University of Florida. So really like him when Nathan Hickey's doing this year too. Uh, Alex Benalis, this was the guy they got in the Jackie Bradley Jr. Hunter Renfro trade, one of the prospects that they got back. And uh, he's been hitting for some power this year. If you take a look, overall, not a great batting average for him on the year, but he's got 13 home runs and 41 RBIs. He has a really good on-base percentage, though. 354 on base, 478 slugging. Um, but in his last 10 games, he has a 581 slugging, two homers, five doubles, and a triple. And one more prospect I want to talk about, Connor Siebold. Connor Siebold, man. He was out with a, a bit of a pec strain for about a month or so. But uh, he's had a couple of starts now. His last start over the weekend, six innings. Six hits, one earned, four strikeouts for the Woo Sox. Connor Seabold, he's a good depth guy in this system. I think you definitely could Connor, you could see Connor C. Honestly, if Seabold didn't get hurt the the last month, I think you would have seen him with the Red Sox because he did he did have a start with the Red Sox. He only went three innings, but I think that's a guy. If he had not gotten that injury, I think you would have seen him a lot more. But uh, look out for Connor Seabold down the stretch. You know, I know we're getting a lot of guys back, but they're all coming back from injuries. Who knows if, you know, this hip stuff keeps going on with Whitlock, with Evaldi. Hopefully Sale is back and fully healthy, you know, and has no more issues down the stretch. You don't know where you're going to get out of James Paxton. 
I'm telling you, Connor Siebold is a guy to keep a lookout for. Keep an eye out for in the second half. But, all right, everyone. Uh, that is all the news that I have to talk about. Uh, but we do have a couple of questions here on the Twitter machine. First question. First question. Caden uh, Lichford, do you think Trevor Story will be in the All-Star game? I do not, Caden. Trevor Story, he's been very hot and cold. And uh, actually, let me pull up his numbers. He's, man, when, that one little stretch he had, this guy was going crazy, man. But overall on the year, I just don't see how you can send him to the All-Star game. He's hitting 221, 10 homers, a 304 on base, a 411 slugging. He's been a little disappointing, I will say that. But let me actually pull up here his value on Fangrass because a big part of Story's value is his defense. He's been playing really good defense this year, one of the best second basemen in the game. Uh, but if you look at his value, he's actually on pace to meet his value um, this year or his AAV for his contract, the six-year $140 million contract. He has an AAV of $23.3 million. As of right now, he has been worth $12.3 million. So he's right now based, I mean, he's playing really good defense. That's been the big part of his game this year and the big part of his value. But as of right now, he's on pace to meet that value of his contract. So I know the offense, the stat line doesn't look very good, but uh, we got to remember here, you don't just get at bats. You got to go play out in the field too. And Trevor Story is really excelling out there. And uh, because you might not be thinking about this, but look at how good the starting pitching has been. Look how good Story has been out there. This starting pitching, if you didn't have Story's defense out there, I guarantee the starting pitching will not be doing as good. So again, Yes, the stat line, it could be better, or the slash line could be better, but you got to remember, Story is providing really valuable defense behind those pictures. So, um, moving on here to the next, but to answer the question, no, I, I don't think he is going to go to the All-Star game. Uh, Joe the Dad, what should I do at Fenway? I'm going to the game on Tuesday. I Joe the Dad, go take a tour, man. Go take a tour. I don't, even if I lived in Massachusetts, even if I was able to go to Fenway all the time, I would do the tour every single day. I love that tour. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, there's actually some pretty good places to eat around. There's like a little, there's a little like cafe, like bakery place that's not too far from Fenway. It's a, it's a walking distance. Um, it was so good. What was that place called, man? I gotta, I gotta pull this up. Hold on. Bakery, cafe, near... What was this place called? It was so good. The uh, the Tati? Tate? The Tate Bakery and Cafe? Oh my god, this place was so good, man. I went there like three times while I was there. It's over on uh, Boylston Street. 1352 Boylston Street. I love that place, man. It was so good. Oh, really good food. Really good food. Um, but yeah, I highly suggest taking a tour. I'm always up for the tour at Fenway. And uh, Ethan, what trades do you think the Red Sox should make? Well, uh, or will make. I think they're going to go for a bullpen guy. In the end, I think Bloom, he's going to find someone where 
it's not going to cost him a lot, but he's going to bring back a lot of value. The James Norwood trade, I think, is a perfect example. Um, that's what Bloom does, man. I think that's really what he's going to end up doing. Could he? But he has shown he can go make some pretty good signings as well in trades. Obviously, signing story in the offseason. Traded for Schwarber last year. So he doesn't just go after these diamonds in the rough. He'll go after a, a good name as well, as long as it makes sense deal-wise. So I think he is going to go after one of these big relievers. At least I hope he does. So, But everyone, everyone, that is all I have for episode five of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. I do appreciate all of you coming out for the episode today. Don't forget about today's sponsor, Bet Online. Go check them out. If you're looking to maybe win a couple extra bucks, go check out Bet Online. Don't forget, we're partners with SeatGeek. $20 off your first purchase if you use my code HIDE. And don't forget about prize picks. If you're tired of FanDuel, tired of DraftKings, Go use my code GINGER, a 100% deposit match will come will come your way. Uh, everyone, that is all I have for episode five. I want to thank all of you for coming out to this episode. Thank you for listening wherever you're listening to your favorite podcasts. Uh, I will be live once again after the Tigers series. Um, so that will actually be on... That'll be on Thursday. There's an off day on Thursday. So most likely Thursday morning, I'll be here live on YouTube. And then uh, I'll be posting this for the podcast world probably late Thursday morning. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Everyone, I want to thank you for coming out for today's episode. Have yourself a good day. Enjoy the series coming up with the Tigers. And uh, I'll be back in a few days. Have a good one, everyone. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.